0: To snitches. Yeah,
1: I'm Tara. I'm Adam, and today we are talking about chapter 10 of Harry butter
0: and the Half Little Prince. Yes, we are. The House of Gaunt. The House of Gaunt. Gaunt. Coffee um. tour. <laughs> Guys, it is like almost 11 p.m. Whew.
1: I know. It is a thing. It, we talked Perhaps. too
0: much. It's great. It's great. We are doing the things.
1: That we talk too much is kind of the theme of the evening. We
0: talk too much. We That's have. what it
1: sounded like to me. You said much. <laughs> We talked too much.
0: We talked too much. I don't
1: think we munched enough. <laughs> that sounds like lesbian things.
0: No, no thanks. M-
1: carpet Muncher? Sure. Do you remember Math Muncher? No. Math um, Muncher was a game from the 90s.
0: Adam wrote a thing, but game. I'm not going to read it yet because I haven't checked We're it. not even that far into the episode, mm-hmm. and you're like, let's get off and talk about to munch Oh, I was. <laughs> yes.
1: I sat here for a good two minutes trying to think of a transition between math munchers to Patreon, but fuck it. Here's our patrons Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Rath. Y'all already know if you are not on that list, you can join it by going to patreoncom basics niches for as low as $3 a month. And this week, we are playing a game that Tara introduced recently. It's kind of like the advanced version, and we are really good at it. It's also kind of like to make up for how rude my game was in the last episode. (laughs) Who did things in the last chapter? Okay, month? so
0: who do you think won and lost last chapter? Well,
1: Snape probably lost. I'm going to say that Slughorn won.
0: Okay, so yes, you got the loser right. Did Harry win? I give the win to Harry.
1: He was the best.
0: In some cases, that might be a controversial win, but it's my game. He and won! I he he, wins. he did the best like, approach! Okay, so first of all... He, he won the Felix Felices. He did the Felix Felices. He took a risk. It paid off. He also was sassy as fuck, which was great. Oh,
1: yeah. And
0: he also now gets to still try to be an order. That's a win, too. You know? <laughs> try. Well, you know. He does succeed after he got his Owls, was like, I can't be a fucking order because Snape wants you to be perfect and I'm not perfect. And now he gets another chance, and that's a win.
1: What do you think he would have done if he wasn't an order?
0: <sighs> I think he should have been a teacher. And, you know, anyone can teach that because, you know, we just pull in fucking, like, lock shirt or- Yeah. Yeah.
1: Based on our own canon, he does become professor yeah. in the future. At
0: some point he's gonna yes. be. So there it is. Adam, you wrote a thing. Did you send it to I me? I did. Okay. I did when you were pooping. Oh good. Thank you. I was not pooping. Lies. <laughs> I mean I'm probably gonna go home and do that, but it was not currently. <laughs> I do
1: not like pooping in other people's houses. Yeah,
0: was, uh, not not really a thing. Can right. I
1: tell you something? I'm sorry to call you out, Natalie, but Natalie when she especially when she was young. Not Natalie Marlon's <laughs> My sister, she made it her, like, mission to poop everywhere that she could. (laughs) It doesn't matter where it was. We're at Big Lots, I gotta poop. We're at Cracker Barrel, I gotta poop.
0: You know what? Some of those places deserve to just be shat at.
1: I do not need to poop in public locations. I don't know whose nasty ass was sitting there. I want to poop in my own private, clean bathroom.
0: That's preferable, but, you know, sometimes things happen.
1: Yes says the bitch you just pooped in my
0: house <laughs> well it's an private clean bathroom uh, you're right about that <laughs> I didn't poop in your house not this time but it's happened before or you did poop in my house but it wasn't in the bathroom
1: <laughs> have fun finding where it is
0: <laughs> enjoy the poop hunt every time Tara
1: <laughs> comes to my house she poops somewhere in my house <laughs> it's really
0: annoying <laughs> because you can't find it what <laughs> oh but when I do find it then I'm irritated Guys, it's so late. Okay, Adam wrote this thing I'm There's a lot read more it. places
1: for you to poop in my house than for me to poop in yours. Tiny little apartment. Well, <laughs> it's true. I'd find it right away. Yeah, well, I guess you're going to find a lot of poops in your house. <laughs> it's a new game.
0: Find the poops. Okay, here we go. After continuing to slay the potions game, much to Hermione and Ron's frustration, it's time for Harry's first private Dumble lesson. After dodging Trelawney mumbling incorrect tarot information to herself, he makes his way to Dumble's office. They're taking a field trip into the Stone Basin. Today's field trip is to the village of Little Hangleton's shittiest house, courtesy of former Ministry Officer Bob Ogden, the House of the Gaunts. What a horrible last name. They have a snake gaunts. nail. Gaunts! The House of the Gaunts! I can't do it when I'm doing it like that. What a horrible last name. They have a snake nail to the door. Justice for Snake too. Dew. I'm sorry, do. <laughs> do! You know that like inside joke? Yeah. I love it. That's it's all I'm better. saying. You
1: guys if you want to know the inside joke, you get to know me.
0: And the muddy son, Morphin, a horrible first name, falls out of a tree and starts screeching at Bob and Parseltongue. His father, Marvolo, that sounds familiar, comes running out and upon Bob being begrudgingly invited in, we learn that Morphin is in trouble for giving a muggle hives for no reason. Amidst this, we see that Marvolo calls Bob a mudblood, um, why are you being racist when your fucked up son is a mudhead? Get that weirdo a bath. And he also has a daughter, Moreau, sitting in the corner trying to cook but Marvolo keeps berating her like the douche fuck he is. He also in true Slytherin dick form treats Bob's decree for morphine to testify at the ministry for his crime with apathy as he raves that they are the final descendants of Salazar Slytherin waving around a suspicious and familiar-looking ring and locket. This rant is interrupted as the very muggle that Morfin hexed drives right by the snake house and their conversation can be heard through the window. As Merope perks up and starts batting her eyelashes, if she has any, at the muggle man, Tom, Morfin knows that his sister has a crush and the family speaks in Parseltongue about this, leading to Marvolo having a complete outburst at both Merope and Bob, who is left to flee the house. Field trip is over, and Harry and Dumble summarize what they just witnessed. We of course learn that following this, Marvolo and Morfin go to Azkaban, leaving Marope to fuck around with Tom, and they make baby Voldy. Not the weird, neat (laughs) baby Voldy that Skinny Dick made a couple books ago, but actual baby Voldy. Dumble confirms with Harry that this is all for Harry's best interest surviving the prophecy. On the way out, Harry notices a ring and puts two and two together. That Dumble was wearing that ring that he saw on their field trip right around the time that he got his crispy hand. Well done, Gumshoe Harry. I I love Gumshoe Harry. It's
1: great. You know, I say that if she had eyelashes because it looked like she ain't got eyelids at all. She's just like (laughs) sitting there with her eyes wide open looking like a ghost.
0: You know, just when I thought that, I don't know, Muddy Underpants couldn't give us more shitty humans.
1: Because we got Muddy Head. Yeah, so
0: Muddy Underpants couldn't give us any more shitty humans. We get to learn about the gaunts. The gaunts. The
1: gaunts. Uh, Yeah, because I was about to be like Muddy Head Morphin, but you can't really remember these names because they're not names, they're just M words. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) That every time I saw that name, I was like, go, go, Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's all Harry uh, being good at potions and people being mad about it. I like the part where it's like Hermione is like, "Um, you aren't using the official instructions. Uh, once again,
1: we already talked about this. Chill. A lot in the episode. chill, man. Like, there's more than one way to do it. Another question that I thought of apparently at the beginning of this chapter, which is why I put the notes here. How do you think the book got there? Did you just, like, leave it behind? Or?
0: Why did you just leave that there?
1: Or maybe it really was his book, and he was like, well, might as well keep it here with the others in case some fucker forgot their book, and then when he moved up to the Defense Against the Dark Arts room, not he just era. left it. Maybe that's what it was.
0: I like it. They
1: also talk about, like, other spells that were, like, written in the book and things mm-hmm. like that, and that is, I I'm, m- imagine, if I'm remembering correctly, that's where septum septum Yeah. That line comes Sempra. <laughs> yes. And I know
0: that he don't like he don't wow, Tara. He wow. he don't see that yet. Good vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't actually see those particular spells right now, but they're coming. Obviously we'll see them down the road, but this is like a an introduction to the fact that there's all kinds of shit in this book. And I like that it's like Harry is trying to read the book and be like, oh what's all this new interesting stuff. That's the kind of Way that you should be approaching magic, Harry. What can I learn a from this book? Yeah, and it's interesting. It's like he's clearly found something interesting about this, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He's still a terrible student.
1: And then it's time for his first lesson with Dumble. Yeah. As he's going to Dumble, he passes Trelawney. That's who's muttering bullshit. Okay,
0: so I was reading this and I was like, Adam's gonna have a thing to say. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs>
1: a deck of tarot and this is like my thing like this is the first time tarot has actually come up tarot is what i know the most in the tarot deck there is the major arcana which are things like the fool the high priestess the magician justice death the tower sun moon it's so on and so forth but then there's also the minor arcana which are the four suits which are pentacles which represents earth swords that represents air Wands that represent fire and cups that represent water. Tara is fully feeding her monsters right now. She's like, ah, ow. No, I'm, talking tex- for I'm quite sorry, a while.
0: I'm texting Natalie. She just <laughs> on her dog. Because she's a bajillion hours behind us because she's fucking Hawaii. And
1: tell her not to poop everywhere.
0: <laughs> Make sure you only poop in private, clean places. Yes.
1: Don't poop on the floor, Natalie. <laughs> Essentially, because a standard 52 deck of playing cards has those four suits. You could read tarot from that. Now, the one thing is that every suit has a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. And a standard 2.52 deck of cards only has the jack, the queen, and the king. So you are kind of missing one thing there. But essentially, Ronnie is talking about the spades, which represent swords in the deck of tarot. And swords representing air usually has to do with intellect, which personally when reading tarot swords tend to be a little bit more visceral when you think of swords representing intellect in the mind sometimes it can be overthinking in your own thoughts and things like that and sometimes there's like a negative connotation to that so the spades that she specifically looks at and what she says about them i'm going to give you my interpretation of what that tarot card would mean so she says the two of spades conflict for my interpretation it means a voluntary solitude or strength usually the two means some sort of relationship sort of thing in this case it is the relationship with yourself and that voluntary solitude she says the seven of spades is an ill omen this one is actually not that far off The seven of swords can mean sneaky impulsive some lies so there's a little bit of truth there the ten of swords is often seen as one of the most negative cards in the tarot deck she says violence i typically interpret that as rock bottom however and actually i read this from another podcast i listened to in the episode i listened today when mowing my lawn they brought up that the ten of swords can also mean it's the end it is the end of whatever you are experiencing in that negative experience so the ten of swords it's basically in the brighter weight deck it's someone who is being stabbed by all ten swords and they're laying in the pool of their own blood so rock bottom but Once you've met rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. So there is kind of that positive connotation. That's the thing with tarot is that there's always a positive connotation to whatever negative interpretation that you make. So that one also, not too bad. And then the final one that she talks about is the knave, or the knight of spades. And she says, a dark young man. Now this one is referring to Draco. There's no doubt. Yeah. The knight of swords tends to refer to a determined maybe a little bit arrogant person who's a little bit antsy and in his head, which absolutely to me is Draco. So oh, for yeah. the most part, like you could very well say that Trelawney's interpretations are fine, but I think that in true Trelawney fashion, she's looking at it from the most negative point of view. Um, in tarot, there's an upright version of the card and then there's an inverted and she's looking at the inverted in a lot of these cases, especially for the two meaning conflict, I don't see that at all. And it's specifically for the swords, or the spades in this case, as you get further and further along in the tarot, they tend to get more severe, which kind of makes sense. So, I mean, it's not completely like incorrect tarot, like I said in my thing, but I just thought it was really interesting to dive into this, especially because finally, tarot is mentioned. Tarot was there.
0: I know, I was like, I don't have things to say, and I feel like this doesn't quite jibe where it needs to. But I don't know enough to make that call.
1: I mean, Solani always looks at things from the most negative point of view.
0: How much of this do you think is, like... Researched? Yeah.
1: From Muddy Bitch Fuck? What's her name?
0: Yeah. Muddy something.
1: Muddy Bitch Fuck.
0: Muddy Bitch Fuck. I, that's even better than whatever I that said That sounds before. like a drag
1: name. Welcome to stage, Muddy Bitch Fuck.
0: <laughs> I feel like less that she didn't research, but she kind of thought it through. which was just like, I have to fill this space. And then later on, I was like, oh, how can I make this work? Like, I feel like there's a lot of that in this series, so...
1: Perhaps. I mean, there's a little bit of truth to it. Like, I think through all of these witchy segments I've done, there is enough research there that shows some sort of surface area knowledge. I only know so much, and there is so much more that you can interpret from this stuff. You know, I'm by no means perfect... Overall, for what I can absolutely say, is, Trelawney often interprets it from the most negative point of view, which we've already known, so. But that's just a little kind of, like, passing through scene where we see Trelawney, and then we get into Double's office.
0: Okay, and it's good times.
1: It's good times, because literally what I wrote is that this portion of the book is something I have been yearning for, and it's the history of Voldemort. And, like, this is what I have talked about forever in terms of, like, all these other, like, tertiary characters that I never remember, like, their exact storylines. And starting here with the Gaunts, I think, is a great place for it because even as I read through the chapter, and it's all revealed at the end that, yeah, Marope Gaunt is Voldemort's mother... Even when Tom comes by the window, I was like, all right, this is a little bit too coincidental yeah. that his name is Tom. It
0: is a very interesting chapter. Before we get into that memory, though, can we talk about doing this for you, Ashley? Ashley read this chapter this week to oh. prepare, just to know things. because. she wants spoiler to Spoiler
1: alert, Ashley will be here next. Ashley
0: will be here on the next episode. So she's catching up to be ready for the episode. She read this chapter this week, and she sent me a photo of this page in which... She asked about Humphrey Belcher and the cheese cauldron. And she's like, that's what cheese I actually cauldron. want to know about. And I'm like, me too. I could go for a cheese cauldron. But I don't know. Was this like a it's cauldron? It's fondue. I know exactly. You want to this... have a fondue party? Was this specifically a cauldron for cheese? Or I was think it's this a, fondue a cauldron party. made out of cheese? Because that is a bad I idea. think that is impractical.
1: <laughs> I think it's fondue. Maybe. I think
0: it should be fondue. And now I want cheese.
1: Well, you aren't getting any.
0: Sorry.
1: It's almost midnight. I'm gonna you cheese at eleven PM.
0: That. I'm not I don't I don't want you to shit in my house again. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite is that Dumbledore's like, yeah, this time you're gonna go into the pensive with uh my permission, instead of just being a nosy bitch all the time. Yeah, and we'll go together. We're to gonna go trip. together instead of you just flouting around in people's memories and shit, bitch. Yeah. Now Bob Ogden.
1: We have heard the name Ogden before because I mentioned Ogden Nash on this podcast. I am
0: there's also some kind of product that's ogden's too it might be like the hair thing maybe i don't know someone had like the hair frizz stuff that herani's i don't think that's what that was but it was some product through the wizarding world that was ogden something too interesting yeah
1: but i can't remember what it is yeah i I can remember remember where that was from too but like that name obviously popped out to me i feel like bob ogden is kind of a dork I don't know. Well, like, he's dressed like a muggle, like how they think a muggles. He, yeah.
0: I just feel like the people who are sent out into the world to do these kind of things need to be taught how to fucking dress like muggles. And it's not hard. It's not. It's a great little joke or whatever. But why are we not fixing that? Like, why are we not just doing the tiniest bit of research to make that not a thing? Right.
1: I mean, nowadays, you could go out into the muggle world wearing a cloak and it would be just fine, I think.
0: I mean, I would like to wear a cloak all the time.
1: Recently, I saw a TikTok about a winter caftan for men. It was actually very cute, the one that I saw. But then I went to the site where they bought them. They were $60. And I was like, fuck that. So what I do, I went to Amazon. I got a really cheap one for $16. And it is weird. <laughs> um, I was gonna wear it today and I did not because it really is like a dress that you put on over your head. And it kind of is fine and everything, but I mean, I have cloaks and stuff that I'll wear around the house too, as you can see. No, wrong with things. that? But like, they were wearing like what, a frock coat over a bathing suit? And that's almost as bad as fuck. wearing a like, trench coat mm-hmm. that you wear to vacuum like, the carpet. <laughs>
0: Or wash the dishes. Whatever, whatever
1: that bitch did, Petunia. So he's going through the country in his lovely little bathing suit, as the picture is painted by muddy butt or crusty bitch face, or whatever the hell that we decide to call her. <laughs> it is very much painted in a very beautiful way, and then it's like, oh, let's veer over here and look at this shithole of the gaunt house with this snake. <laughs> the na- gaunts are the door. a mess. And then this muddy motherfucker falls out of the tree and is like. Ah, Sa-sa. And that <laughs> I've like, um, what have I gotten myself into?
0: That was very, like, reminiscent of the Harry and Puffs. <laughs> was it? <Sa-sa-sa-sa-sa. laughs> That's
1: it. You know me. I can speak parcel to him.
0: I know. I know. Fucker just hangs out in the trees just so we can jump on people? Like, what?
1: He out there giving fucking muggles hives. Uh, he's- Tom, at least you got hives because I feel like this motherfucker could have given you a whole bunch of other diseases.
0: No kidding. Like, think about what's happened to Dudley. Ives, that's all? Yeah, like, Dudley's over here. Like, I, like, couldn't breathe because my tongue Mm -hmm. expanded, and also I have a pigtail.
1: It's, (laughs) It's also interesting to me that this is recent enough where Bob Ogden is someone who has spoken with Dumbledore because it feels like it's so antiquated.
0: Yeah, there's such a build of the time difference, and I think we need to be reminded that This actually was not that long ago.
1: Because it feels to me like this little hut is just a hobble. It's a a three-room house. house. After Morfin falls out the tree, Marvolo comes running out, being like, what the fuck is going on out here? Oh, you're Marvolo? I'm here to see your son, Morfin. Well, he's the motherfucker who just fell out the tree. Very similar to Dumble and the Dursleys, Bob Ogden's like, I'm coming into your house for refreshments.
0: Right? And is this a wizard thing? Wizards are just like, we're always invited in. We're inviting ourselves works. in. And we're there ain't wizards. no refreshments
1: because a rope is in the corner, blending it up against the wall until you look over and notice that you don't have no eyelids. <laughs> He's fucking like, I'm here from the ministry to tell you that your son has to come testify because he cursed Muggles. Oh, so cursing Muggles is legal now. Bitch, it always been. Right. But yo, Slytherin family ass... To haven't paid yeah. attention he's to like, shit. How,
0: do you know who we are? I don't give a fuck who you are. Do you, you know are. who
1: you are? Yeah, you are Poe. As fuck. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're a mess. Your
1: house is shit. And then, of course, when he's, like, flashing around the ring, and then he, like, pulls my out of the corner, and is like, look at this locket. It's like, okay, we see you, Horcruxes. Also, this air of, I, I mean, it is the chef's kiss, Slytherin, ambition, and pride to a mm-hmm. tea clearly our money has been squandered away over the years but we're going to hold on to these family heirlooms until the cows come home even right. if they're worth any money this is all we
0: have left to remind us of the greatness that we descend from it is absolutely tragic dumble talks later in the chapter about how you know they were a pure blood family and like they've kind of descended into ruin between not knowing how to handle finances and also like all the incest incest is not okay guys because they're all clearly,
1: like, not well. You know, speaking of, especially with, like, I mean, obviously, Morvin, too, because he's a nut job. But the way that Marope is behaving, especially the way that Marvolo is, like, berating her. and He's, like,
0: so physically abusive to her.
1: Probably, you know, based on where he comes from, treating a woman a certain way and everything. He keeps making this joke about her being a squid, and I think very clearly it shows that he is using it as an insult. Yeah. That oh she yeah, is absolutely. Not a squid. But he jumps right into without having any proof of Ogden being a half-blood, calling him a blood, Obviously, at some point he talks about Tom the Muggle having like dirt in his veins, that being even just a more rudimentary term of the mud blood thing. I mean, it is just wild. We get to see one little snippet of how it is in this household and it is a hot mess.
0: Yeah. Who's surprised that she is not waiting for him when he gets out of Azkaban.
1: While I'm thinking of how this unwinds and like everything happening with like Tom coming by and fr- let's also just really quickly talk about this. It's a little bit chaotic and everything. And then all of a sudden clip clop, the horse is coming. Tom's out there. Cecilia is like, oh, look at that ghastly snake. Oh, yeah, the guy who lives there is kind of fucked up. All that. I'm like, whoa, this is the same that he gave hives to? That was fast. That was a quick obliviate
0: right. around there.
1: Mm-hmm. Then how quickly it turns back to Marope having the hots for Tom.
0: literally just can't handle how hot he is.
1: I wonder what was so sexy about it.
0: He sounds like kind of a dick. Is he sounds kind you're... of like a spoiled little rich boy. I don't really know that we. Can yeah, call
1: it... but the way that the language is written, it definitely feels like an older time period.
0: Yeah, it was only like sixty years ago, so. Right. So now... I mean, if you
1: think about sixty years ago from right now, would have been the '60s, and to me, at the very least, I could see this being like the '50s or the '40s. Right. So maybe it's not that far off. What, like, when you think back to things that happened in the 50s and the 40s, sure, okay, I kind of can, like, get behind that, being, like, similar to what is here. Not. I can't get behind what the things that happened in the 50s and the 40s. Let me make that very clear. If we put ourselves in Marope's shoes, or lack thereof, because I imagine... I'm sure she don't have shoes. If you don't have right? eyelids, she does not right? have
0: <laughs> Listen, she's not allowed to have shoes. She's a woman, and That's we right. all know how the guants treat women the gaunts are like all you need is a fucking pot and ladle right cook us meals bitch
1: that's very rude but if we were to put ourselves in her shoes like she is clearly very sheltered she's very much kept inside so probably any guy that she sees outside the window especially someone who apparently passes by their house quite frequently she's probably seeing him treat cecilia at the very least in some like respectable way right Maybe that's what it is. And so, even at the very end, when Marvolo chases Bob out and everything, I'm like, well, this isn't going to end well for them. By this point, if you have read the series, you know who these people are. hmm Especially Marvolo and Maroque. And for, through context clues and Tom and all of that.
0: Yeah, Marvolo, I think, is the biggest hint in the chapter.
1: That and Tom.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I think Marvolo is like the, wait, and then you're like, oh. Definitely. Yes. Like Tom is like that extra like seal of mm-hmm. that's what this is.
1: To me at the very least, like there's this little scene of like Bob running into the horse and carriage and they're kind of like, haha, we'll just silly little man and then it's like, okay, end of field trip. They come back out of the pensive and truly they recap it in exactly the way that we thought. Okay, Maro is Voldemort's mother, which means Maro is the grandfather. Dumbledore says that they both went to Azkaban and honestly once again if you're in Marope's condition if they go of course she's going to do everything in her power to kind of do her own thing she's not just going to sit there amortentia comes up yet again speaking of like what we talked about in the last episode of obsessive love poor cecilia is like what the fuck you are leaving me for this eyelidless bitch <laughs> they have a demon baby Dumble even makes these inferences that eventually marot probably stopped giving him the love potion and he went back and and then eventually tom riddle jr Voldemort had to go to the orphanage
0: because you don't have no families.
1: Yes. So she does die, obviously. Like, yes. Soon after that.
0: Yes. She dies literally right after she gets birthed. Mm, how? Probably from malnutrition and not being very well. It's a later in this book where so we it get that, yeah. Dumbledore talking about it. I think it's a great introduction to our history of Voldemort. Because that's what we're getting here. And I think that it's really important that we have these like feelings about Merope before it's solidified who she is. You see her incredibly horrible background and how abused she is and how not loved she is. Like, you tend to have some empathy for her. I think that you absolutely have empathy for Marope. One of the theories is that Voldemort was evil because he was conceived through a love potion. But, like, Marope's love for Tom was obsessive, obviously, but it was something genuine. Because genuine and obsessive are not necessarily the same thing, you know? She genuinely was in love with Tom. She had a baby, and she was like, "This is my baby, and name him after my." She had my a baby, baby, and she was like, <laughs> this, "This is my baby, this is my baby, and I love him. I love it, and I'm gonna die. So please name him after his daddy and my daddy." Like, if you, but that's really what she did. I mean, she didn't just go fuck right off after I give birth to this baby. I'm probably gonna die and
1: figure it out. What if she out. was
0: like, "Fuck right off, name this baby, oh, potato boy." <laughs> And then the villain
1: of this would be your namesake and you would feel a whole different way.
0: I would be like, yes, I sympathize with Tara Potato Tara would be Boy. like,
1: I'm a Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin.
0: Because Potato Boy was in Slytherin and that's me. No, you're
1: Potato Girl. <laughs> uh, that's right. Potato Girl. That's my fam.
0: But no, this is a great introduction to Dumbledore being like, okay, history lessons on Voldy, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like the, I loved how you wrote it in your thing, Gumshoe Harry, but like, yeah, because this is... Oh, fuck. That was Voldy's mommy and grandpa. And, oh, that was his daddy.
1: But also... And his
0: bitch girlfriend.
1: As the way he's going out. He's like, all right, off to bed. And he sees the ring sitting there. And he's like, wait a minute. yeah, That was the ring that we just saw. And you were wearing that when we were going to see Slughorn. And that is when Crispy Hand happened. Oh, and yeah. Immediately pulls it all together. Well, you know,
0: Harry has been trying to ask about this fucking crispy hand for a minute now and like he's not getting answers so he's gonna try to figure it out himself
1: and like Dumble's still like that is a story for another day and it's like oh I already figured out the the crispy hand right
0: but don't pretend like you didn't set that out that way I'm just gonna show Harry about the gaunt the gaunts and then I'm gonna make sure he gets to see the ring
1: yeah when you say gaunt imagine (laughs) you're Sally Spitz
0: oh I miss Sally I wish she listened
1: to this Sally If you are listening to this, very interesting that that was laid out that way, especially before we even know what a horcrux is. Now, obviously, the ring and the locket that we see here were made
0: as horcruxes.
1: Who were the people who were murdered for those two horcruxes? Because was it one of the gaunts?
0: I don't think so. Once? You know what? It was probably when he killed his family.
1: When you killed his family? When I
0: killed his family. When, when
1: you, said, you said to me, when you I didn't kill nobody.
0: When Voldy killed his father and his grandparents, I want to say it was the same time that he oh, went into the home.
1: Oh, oh, okay, oh, so oh, like,
0: yes. Now that's the ring. The locket, I don't know how we got the locket.
1: So he killed his grandparents as in Tom Riddle Sr.'s parents. Yes. I'm just, like, throwing out names here. There's Hepzibah Smith is another one that I'm expecting very soon. Yeah. But I feel like Hepzibah Smith was the cup.
0: She's the cup. She has the locket. So when she gives birth to Voldy and leaves him at the orphanage and dies, that doesn't get left in the home. But I think Marvolo Gaunt's, Gaunt's ring gets left there because I think when Voldy goes and kills his family, it's also when he obtains all that stuff because that's when he's learning about his history. Because he's like, oh, my fucking father's a muggle. Gotta murder that fucker. And I think, I think that he's the one that, like, modifies Morphin's memory. I think Dumbledore explains later on that Morfin is the person who was blamed for all kinds of shit because of Voldy going in there and fucking shit up and getting the ring and all that. There's so much history of Voldy in this book, and it's so cool. But I'm trying to, like, remember all of it, so piecing it back together will be cool. So
1: Voldy came back and was like, I'm gonna kill all these people and put it on my racist uncle?
0: Yeah, basically. You go, Voldy. I need you to get out your phone or whatever, because you have to write down some things. Oh, boy. What is this thing? Okay. I don't... It doesn't have a name. You can name it after I explain it. I
1: need a name, because remember, the music goes... The game is... The game,
0: game is... And game it goes... Is, do 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 do. The game is... I don't know. Descriptions.
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> a sexy name. I'm so
0: good at words. Okay, so I need you to put ten descriptive words at random. So adjectives? Adjectives, yes. Words are hard. Um, think about this chapter, because they are very specific to the chapter. If they are adjectives that describe people, that's probably the best answers you can get.
1: A few moments later. (laughs) Got it.
0: Okay, so in this game, Adam is going to be describing characters who make an appearance in this chapter using one word, but we're going to do an elimination. (laughs)
1: Sometimes it's one word.
0: Okay, that's fine too. We're going to use an elimination like we've done with the other, with like the Woody Rathers and stuff. But I'm also going to let you know that when I made this list, I did it with, like, voice-to-text, so I'm going to read to you what it actually says, because okay. my voice-to-text is funny as fuck. So basically,
1: you're going to give me a character from your voice test, I'm going to give you one of these descriptions I gave you.
0: Yes, and then it goes away, and it's no longer an option. Okay. So you're going to be left with Whatever, words. left, okay, because yes. some of
1: these are multiple adjectives for the same person.
0: Yes, but you can only use one. I know. Yeah. All right. But you have ten, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So the first one is Bob Ogden. All right. For Bob
1: Ogden, <laughs> I'm going to choose stupid looking because he's wearing stupid clothes.
0: <laughs> okay. So you clearly chose that one for him. Yeah. Okay. The next one is Cecilia.
1: I wrote confused bitch down for her. Okay. It's two words, but I don't care. She a confused bitch. Okay. Or she about to be because she's going to be like, why this ghost lady fucking my man?
0: Next one is Professor Trelawney.
1: Okay, the I wrote down nervous tarot lady. <laughs> you really were like,
0: okay, who are the characters? I, I got episode. prepared.
1: You told me, and I was like, I'm gonna put this done right, but it's, it. it's gonna divulge into some confusion, sort of. I love
0: it. Okay, the next one is Marvel Logan, which <laughs> I tried to say Marvel Gaunt, but it came up as Marvel Logan. All right.
1: Well, for Marvel Logan, I'm gonna choose the adjective very angry and small, S <laughs> M O L, because. In my mind, I don't know who this actor is, but you know the little guy, he's in The Princess Bride, and he's the one who does a little drinking game with the main dude. And yeah. He like, dies, but then he doesn't die. and He comes back, and he's very small and angry. Yeah. That's him. That's, that's Marvel Glin, <laughs> or whatever <you> call him.
0: <laughs> Well, my voice text thought I said Marvel Logan. Marvel so.
1: Logan, that's what But him. I meant
0: Marvolo Guant. Guant.
1: Very angry and small.
0: The next one is... Albus Dumbledore.
1: All right. Well, I wrote down two for him. And the two that I wrote down for him were gay and crispy. I'm going to go ahead and choose gay. Okay.
0: The next one is Ron Weasley.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Did not write down one for him.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: Well, I guess out of what I have left, I'm going to choose crispy. <laughs>
0: yeah, crispy Sorry. You
1: know, he's a ginger He's a ginger
0: snap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one is... More Rope Gaunt. More Rope. Okay. (laughs) I literally said More Rope Gaunt, and it says More Rope Gaunt. More
1: Rope. Yeah. All right. Well, I wrote down two for her, too. And two descriptions I used were Eyelidless (laughs) and and White as a fucking Ghost. So which one?
0: Eyelidless. (laughs) Okay. Now that we're down to just a few, Uh I need to know what the questions are because I'm just curious. What the remaining three are? Yeah. Well, what is a fucking ghost? Muddy and snaky. Okay. Nice. Okay, okay who's next? So next is Hermione Granger.
1: <laughs> Alright. Well, she's kind of been a bitch in this book, so I'm gonna choose Snakey for her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> next one is Morphine. Okay, blood. I was like,
1: Morphine, great. <laughs> That's what it
0: says, Morphine.
1: That's a good one. That's a good voice-to-text <laughs> translation for that fucker. Well, clearly the only one I have left for him is Muddy, so I don't know who's going to be what is the fucking ghost, but we're about to find out.
0: Who do you think it is? Who's in every Snape? chapter? Harry Potter. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, he white as the fucking ghost.
0: As he's watching all of this, he's
1: like, Oh my God, this is where like, this what?
0: Is Come on man.
1: <laughs> White is a fucking ghost. White is a fucking ghost. I should have saved gay for him.
0: <laughs> so we have Marvel Logan, aka Marvola Gaunt, very angry and small. We have Morphine Gaunt or Morphin Muddy. More rope gaunt eyelidless Bob Ogden or Bod uh, what what was it? Bog Obden. Bog Obden, stupid looking. Cecilia, confused bitch. Albus Dumbledore. Yay. Hermione Granger. sneaky. Harry Potter. White as a fucking ghost. Ronald Weasley. Crispy. So there was no Tom. Professor Trelawney. Nervous Terror Lady. No, I did not put Tom Sr. in there. Would you like me to create an adjective for you? Oh, sure. Boring. Do your points. Oh, no. We yeah, got to talk about the movie, bitch. Moses isn't in the movie. Yeah. So, but Dumbledore's so, weird ass conversation d- yeah. with Harry.
1: Harry comes up for his lesson, and Dumbledore's like, So are you fucking Hermione?
0: And Harry's <laughs> he's like, 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 No. He's like, he's like, I'm very interested in teenage horniness. He's <laughs> like, Are you fucking hermione, bro? Are you gay? <laughs> And that's all we get. Well, you know, he, like, starts to say something. You're like, is he going to ask you about Ron or Hermione?
1: <laughs> so, how are your activities outside of class going? <laughs> and he was like, I play Quidditch. And he's like, yes, but did you diddle her? And he's <laughs> like, um.
0: And then he, like. He's like, oh, Hermione. He she dives like, in that pet suit. She's seat. like a sister. I got to go in this pet suit <laughs> now.
1: He's like, I had a sister once. That's <laughs> what I did to her. Oh, stop. <laughs> Because when they go into the pen scene, this is not. It's a, a scene whole. That it's happens. a different
0: scene. It's a different memory because we get like two of them in this whole fucking movie. Yeah.
1: So get ready for the rest of this movie to be confusing for us because we're gonna have to hop around. Okay, now it's time for voice. <laughs> okay. First, plus five to Cecilia because her man ran away and got with eyelidless bitch. None for Tom Riddle Senior. I also write wrote that down because he's boring. <laughs> Plus 10 each to Harry for hitting out the ring, for Dumble because in the book his approach is a lot better, even though in the movie he's weird. And also to Marope because, like you said, there is some empathy for her. I also give 10 to Bob Ogden because he has to go in this difficult situation and it's, it's probably quite uncomfortable for him. And the negative points negative 15 to Morphin and Marvallo because they are weird and bad. <sighs>
0: muddy whatever the fuck is like you know what there aren't enough garbage people in this series to reflect who i really am let me give you the glance. that's right go go power rangers <laughs> next time we're going to be reading chapter Eleven, 11 and
1: it's called something um right it now it was
0: hermione's helping hand oh aka hermione's a fucking cheater Let's go. We'll talk Remind to you about next time.
1: Sounds like she is stroking something.
0: Well, you know also. <laughs> so yeah, next and time. Tara's <laughs> like,
1: yep, that's it.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about that with Ashley. Ashley
1: will be here, and we may also have another special guest. Though.
0: That's to be determined. But yeah. Yeah,
1: the next episode we're, is going to be recorded in Zoom. Tara will be in Iowa because she likes to torture herself.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. And she will have
1: um, a special guest with her. Yeah, we'll I like will have a friend with me,
0: and so she might join us, but even so, we still have Ashley. Yes, so we it love will be her.
1: very exciting. Lots of new people and old people. The old people are mean, too.
0: Oh, no, Ashley will be the oldest still, because she's going to be 40 next week. By the time oh, the- you got called out, Ashley. By the time this is posted, you'll have been 40 for a couple of months. It's fine. I went to the doctor
1: this past week. I had a PPC visit for the first time, and my main question was like, oh, my God, please tell me that I'm not getting close to having a colonoscopy. He was like, nope, 45. And I was like, oh, thank God. Used to be 50. Yep. But I'm glad. Those are not fun. Nine years. I do not want anything having to do with my butt.
0: I will say, though, like, if people need to have them, they are very useful diagnostic tools. Wow, how scientific of you. (laughs) I worked in a gastroenterology office for six months. I don't want anybody doing
1: anything with my butthole. (laughs) Goodbye.